Welcome professional wrestling fans to the PW Fan. The PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by fans for fans. And we appreciate you joining us for episode 27. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about this week. Good, bad, sad, unfortunately, and everything in between. I am your host with the most, the old school wrestling fan, the collector, barber, and musician, Talk Wrestling, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of Pro Wrestling Podcast, Andy. I'm also your host and no-selling wrestling indie fan, Jeremy. You guys hear that? That was me kissing my ass this week. You hear that intro? That was, some, mm-hmm. that was good. Uh, yeah, I guess. It was different. Brought <laughs> <laughs> something new. Really? Something new, yeah. Switched it up a little bit. Okay, anyway. Today we are going to be talking about Dolph Ziggler becoming the new NXT champion. Stone Cold accepting Kevin Owens' challenge. Jeff Hardy debuting in AEW. A wrestling legend unfortunately being in critical condition. And Big E's broken neck. What a week. We, uh, yeah, There was definitely a lot of stuff to go over this week. Before we get into any of that, please head on over to our YouTube channel where all of our episodes are available. Um, please don't forget to like and subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating on uh, Spotify. That would be amazing. For t-shirts, prowrestlingtees.com backslash the PW fan. Well, let's uh, get through all that stuff. Andy, what do you say you get the show started for us, buddy? Let's talk wrestling. Uh, so I guess... Instead of getting to the shows first, we can talk about Scott Hall. Get yeah, we might way. as we might as well just do that because this is news that's new mm-hmm. as of the day that we're recording. Yeah, and we'll get into Biggie once we get into SmackDown. But um, yeah, so Scott Hall apparently suffered multiple heart attacks after he had surgery, but then ended up developing blood clots, I believe, um, which led to his multiple heart attacks. So. As of today, he is on life support after suffering all those. So, yeah. Very sad news. Um, it's always iffy, I guess, when you hear about people being on life support. You never know which direction it could go. But dude's a legend. You know, I hope he pulls through. It would be really sad if uh, something were to happen to him. Especially after, you know, having a lot of rough years and then getting his life kind of back in order. So. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, me particularly, I don't know if it's because I'm the old school guy. This one's hitting me pretty hard. I really hope he pulls through, not only for his family's sake, for his sake. Um, you know, selfishly, I'm just a big fan of his. Like, you know, clearly, if you're watching us on video, you guys can see I'm a big, like, action figure collector, like, right now. And I was just thinking about this before, just when I heard the news, I was like, damn, how many Scott Hall figures do I have? And I have so. I have two in a glass case detail f- for my Kia behind me. I have, and then two hanging up on the wall, plus a Blu-ray over here. I'm I love Scott Hall. I'm I'm really uh, bummed out about this. I I really hope that he pulls through. He's had an amazing life. He's had a hard life. He's done things he regrets. You know, he has an amazing story. If you guys haven't seen any documentaries on him, there's one. There's an ESPN 30 for 30. It's kind of outdated at this point because he's doing a lot. Well, he was doing a lot better. And then there's the Diamond Dallas Page DVD where that's really about Jake the Snake's redemption. But Scott Hall's tied into that. 
and then WWE did their uh, version of a release. And Scott Hall's story is amazing. I really hope that he uh, gets out of this because uh, he's done a lot of really cool things and he's had a lot of contributions to pro wrestling, you know, from the NWO to many other things. And we could get into it, how he even gave Sting the idea for the Crow character, but uh, maybe we can get that into that at another time. I just wanted to, I'm glad you wanted to start the show like that. Andy, because, uh, yeah, man, super bummer. Uh, hope you get better, dude, and we're all pulling for you. So, uh, all right, well, what do you want to get into now? More uh, kind of like weekly wrestling related. Yeah. Um, so anytime we talk about NXT, I always say, hey, if we don't really cover it, but when there's something kind of big that happens, um, we tend to talk about it a little bit. And so this week we had... Um, I want to say Stand and Deliver, but that's actually their next pay-per-view. We had NXT 2.0's Roadblock pay-per-view. And the main event in that was a triple threat match for Braun Breaker's championship. It was Braun Breaker versus uh, Dolph Ziggler and Tommaso Ciampa. And I don't know how many people saw this coming, but uh, yeah, um, I forget what happened. But Bobby Roode was on the side to end up pulling... Braun Breaker out of the ring. Um, I think it was after Tommaso did um, the fairy tale ending, and when he turns around, Dolph super kicks him, and Dolph Ziggler is your new NXT champion. I watched um, it. Wow. Yeah, I was really surprised. So the question is, where does it go from there when it comes to the match at Stand and Deliver? I mean, I assume. Maybe just Braun Breaker versus Dolph. I don't know if Tommaso would get added back into that, but uh, I mean, I I don't know. I've I think Braun's gonna get like a big push to the main roster. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if after Mania time, he's up there. Um, guys have been coming Seems up, like and it. he he was featured I think this week with Tommaso um, as a tag team on Raw the night before the the pay per view. So. We'll have to see, but yeah, it's it's really. I mean, at least they're doing something, I guess, with Dolphin. I mean, Bobby Roode's just kind of there, but um, I don't hate it. I don't hate that Dolph's the NXT champion. Actually, uh, I thought maybe I I wouldn't like it, but hey, I'm okay with it. At least it's a guy that I like better than most of the people on that roster right now. Did th- did that seem random to you guys? Like, because I didn't hear anything about Dolph like even having a chance, and then all of a sudden he's the champ. I forget what happened. I think there was a, like a qualifying match. Like if he beat Tommaso, he would uh, be in the match, or uh, it, yeah, it was something like that. He he won. Yeah. He won some sort of match, and uh, I forget how it became a three way. But yeah, I don't know. Just see where it goes. I don't know if it's <laughs> going to last very long, but uh, don't hate it. I'll tell you that much. I guess but before you move on from NXT, because this is going to be the only time I'm going to have to find a space to fit this into the show, is, and I'll make it quick, is over the, uh, or yesterday, I was watching NXT Chicago, and it was like Bizarro World. It was like from like 2016 or 2017. It was a good I said movie, in the, I remember. I said to you guys in the group chat, it was basically AEW before it was AEW. There was a match I was watching where... 
JR came out to do special commentary. It was wild. And there was like all these guys from AEW on there and the, the hype and the atmosphere. It just made me realize because we're just talking about NXT and this new NXT and NXT 2.0. Just it is so drastically different. Like if you go back and watch a takeover from when they sold out like a big arena where people were on fire and hyped and invested. Like not to mention I the just, wrestling in general was so good on those shows. Yeah. Well, those people though, and that vibe, I feel like personally, that's what ha- they went to AEW. Like those yeah. takeover people are the pe- those people that traveled to those takeovers and spent the money on that airfare to go see that type of wrestling. I think that eventually that crowd became one, essentially, with the AEW crowd. That's my theory. Mm-hmm. At no, least a makes lot sense. Of you know what I mean? Yeah, like they sense. merged at some point. That is what I remember from those takeovers back then. It's like the crowd was insane. And like it made yeah. the show for those ones. Now, now that's there was that AW crossover was. between Ring of Honor, New Japan, yeah. NXT, and like all those people, not all those people. I'm sure there's people that like New Japan and Ring of Honor that maybe don't like AEW. I don't know any personally, but there's probably a few. But usually if you like one of those three companies or four companies, you like the other stuff too. You know what I mean? Like they, one yeah. co- kind of coincides with the other. It's a particular wrestling style. I don't know. It's just basically not WWE wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you could see the difference with, I remember. Bottom I remember line. Pap- bottom <laughs> line. Old NXT, black and gold forever. Rest in peace. The shit was so sick. <laughs> Last thing I'll say about it is that I just remember those pay-per-views would come on like the day before uh, like a WWE pay-per-view and they always outworked that yeah. the WWE pay-per-views. Right. The NXT pay-per-views were always very, yeah. or just a lot better. Yeah, I think so. every single time when those happened, it was like uh, TakeOver was so much better than this. Yeah, you're like, okay, now I have to watch the WWE one. <laughs> I already watched TakeOver. But, but let's, let's get into Raw this week. Uh, a couple things to talk about. Uh, first off, it opened with a triple threat match for the tag team titles. Um, RK Bro versus Seth Rollins versus the Alpha Academy. Alpha Academy are the champions walking in. It was a very good match. It was almost like 30 minutes long, I think. Um, at the end, uh, Chad Gable did a moonsault off the top rope, and Rayton Orton came out of nowhere with an RKO on the way down. So I thought that was pretty cool. That was um, insane. Yeah. But your winners... And new champions once again was RK Bro. So it looks like they're going to be walking into Mania as the champions. I'm not sure against who. Um, but yeah, so that kind of crushed Rollins, um, Rollins and Owens. I don't know if I said if it was just Rollins versus them, but it was RK Bro, Rollins, and Kevin Owens versus Alpha Academy. But it kind of crushed Owens and Seth Rollins. Uh, dreams of being on the show so we'll have to see what happens with them later um another big segment though on the show was the edge segment and i don't know if you guys were able to see it uh this week but uh his music starts this is again after the week after he's attacked aj styles so the music his music starts and it stops and he just it's dark he's wearing a suit uh, hair's tied back in a ponytail. He's just walking to the ring, normal speed. There's no video on the Titantron. He's just standing in the ring, and he takes his good old time to speak. 
And the first thing is, he says is, you think you know me? <laughs> and then he's like, uh, AJ, you thought you knew me. He goes on to talk about that. What he did last week, he did it for AJ in order to get the best AJ at Mania. But he also says, ironically, uh, you helped me too. He says, quote, it was like my brain cracked open and finally let the real me free to fly. And it felt so good. A me I never met before. A me I, I have fallen in love with. Um, so, I mean, look, he's been sadistic and stuff in the past. So when he said this, I was like, what do you mean you've never known before? But either way, uh, yeah, I mean, Edge is in full heel mode. Um, kind of going crazy with this whole thing. But I dig it. I like it. Um, yeah, I just I wasn't sure how many of you guys had seen it, but it was good. Yeah, yeah, I love it's... when they switch up a character, like their entrance when they turn heel or face. Like I feel like it never should be the same one. Cause no, it was very different than character. what he's been doing lately. Yeah, because that's always cool to see. Because then it's like real a full new character, basically. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if. So AJ wasn't on the show at all, obviously, to sell that injury stuff. But I don't know if he'll be back next week or not. Or tomorrow night. If you're listening, it'd be tonight. But we'll see. Still makes me look forward to the match at Mania. Still excited about it. That was a great promo. Yeah. Afterwards, um, Finn Balor was having a match against Austin Theory. And during his match, Damian Priest comes out and attacks Balor. Um, So... As we know, Balor is the United States champion. I'm guessing we're getting Balor versus Priest at Mania. It hasn't been announced yet, but, I mean, you only got a couple weeks. You keep doing stuff with both of them. I think this is what we're getting, which, to me, is fine. I just want Balor to retain it. You know, he gets to walk into Mania. Yeah, I mean, he gets to walk into Mania as a champion. I hope he, you know, gets to keep it as well, though. I don't think he's ever walked in (laughs) or won a title at Mania. Right. Yeah. Maybe you well, maybe he walked in. I think to Bobby well, Lashley for the, the Intercontinental. Did you just read the thing he recently put out where he said uh, he was hurt that he wasn't a part of Mania? Who was hurt? Finn Balor last year. Not part of me. Oh, that he wasn't a part of Mania last year. Yeah, there was an inter- interview that I watched and. We'll go back and do housekeeping next week if I got the date wrong. But I listened to a, uh, an interview, or uh, I was reading one, where he, he said that he was on a show the night before being the NXT show, and it was great and awesome. But then the next day, you know, it's WrestleMania, and he's watching. And he was said that he was heard that he wasn't part of the show because he just wanted to be involved. Not because, you know what I mean? Not like, even though he was in NXT in a big role at the time, that's why. Yeah. But he was like, at the same time he's seeing WrestleMania and he's like, I want to be on WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember he had a great match. uh, The opening match one year with Rollins and uh, Miz. It was a triple threat for their intercontinental or intercontinental belt. Oh yeah. Rollins came out with like the blue eye contacts from like game of Thrones being the night Walker. Yeah. It, it's kind of interesting, right? Like, I feel like, and again, I'm, I won't go on a big tangent. I just like to throw this type of stuff in just for, like, food for thought. Like, Balor, Finn, oh, sorry, Balor, Finn, uh, <laughs> Finn Balor, uh, AJ Styles, and, like, Roderick Strong. 
Like, if those three guys went to AEW, I almost feel like that's the like its final form. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. if any Dragon Ball Z fans are out there, like if like everybody <laughs> finally like lined up into one place, like those would be like the last three pieces that because they got dude. AEW yeah. has everybody now. They would just need like Gargano. Yeah, like maybe, Gargano. Yeah. And Champa, and Champa, Pete Dunn, AJ, and like, and Roger Strong, and it's like the final. I'll be like, that's it. You don't need any more. That's it. And then like, it's like the final pieces. You got the most stacked roster ever. (laughs) Maybe Okada comes in and does, and Will Ospreay comes in and do do some stuff like. (sighs) Well, maybe one day. (laughs) Um, the final segment to the show was a Kevin Owens in ring segment. Uh, He said. You know, since his chances at Mania were were done with that tag match in the beginning of the show, he says he's going to have the biggest KO show ever. And he mentions possible guests, um, Texas' own guests. He mentions uh, ones like Booker T. Um, he mentions JBO, who he calls a blowhard. And then he says as a Canadian, he can't, out of respect for Canada and Owen Hart, he can't uh, pick Shawn Michaels. So then he starts cryptically basically mentioning Stone Cold um, by saying it's a guy that drinks a lot of beer and, you know, wears knee braces most of his career. And he talks all about the things that he'd do to him at Mania if he came out and accepted. And then he ends it with, I'm calling you out, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So uh, that's their way of finally calling him out. And we will have found out by the time it gets to SmackDown um, the answer from Stone Cold. But that wrapped up Raw. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we all kind of knew that the Stone Cold thing was was happening. and I'm just glad it's for. like a KO show segment, not like a actual match for Stone Cold. Yeah, I mean, I hope they get into it a little bit more. Maybe like, they, it's like a mini kind of match without a referee. They described it like a fight scene or something, so it is going to be more than just like a stunner and he's gone. Yeah. So it'd be kind of cool to see that again. Yeah. Hopefully he does something, but that's kind of cool. I mean, he still technically had his last match against The Rock. Yeah. And then he can just come in there and, you know, open a can of whoop ass and get out. <laughs> so. Well, the last thing also I'll say is Seth Rollins on the other side. Apparently that they're saying it's for Cody Rhodes, like him and Rollins at WrestleMania, but. Yeah, that's what it was originally. Sense. Yeah, originally, um, apparently talked about was yeah. Ron's opponent was going to be Cody. But I mean, that'd be awesome if it happened. But we'll just have to wait and see. Again, there's still a couple weeks. You know, there's still a couple weeks out. Seth is the other. Sorry, Seth is the other guy that would need to go to AEW <laughs> to finish the complete fi- perfect cell final form. He would never, and neither will AJ. No, I know. Yeah. I know. Owens. Never, Owens, I, Owens would be awesome to have there. but They never will, yeah. but I'm just saying, dude, if that ever happened. Yeah. I'd like Owens and Sammy, Seth, and AJ would be. Yeah. God. Holy shit. Yeah. It'll never happen. But anyways, hopefully we're looking back four years from now and we can say, oh, remember when we said it was never going to happen and they got like the craziest <laughs> roster ever. That'd yeah. Be right. So that wrapped up Brawl. Let's get into Dynamite because a lot of shit went down. Dynamite. Dude, Tony Schiavone was everywhere on this show. I love Tony Schiavone. Is <laughs> he the was man. hustling around. 
People say uh, I'm going to be old school real quick. People say that there's a revisionist history and that Tony Schiavone is overrated and that he wasn't that good on Nitro. Tony Schiavone is awesome. Uh, I met him. Andy great. met him. He was the nicest guy. We had a great time, and they were hilarious. I I love Tony Schiavone. I love that. Yeah, he's awesome everywhere. stories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this was a packed dynamite, guys. A lot of shit went down. So much. Stuff. So let's open it up with this beginning segment, which is a Chris Jericho segment. He talks about his match um, from Revolution. Um, and about how he went back on his word about um, not shaking Eddie Kingston's hand. He talks about how it was one of the, you know, Eddie Kingston brought out the best of Jericho. And I agree, probably his best match in AEW since, you know, getting there, since his New Japan matches. Dude, Eddie Kingston is so fucking good. I know. So good. So, Jericho. Do you think Jericho having his best match has anything to do with him actually getting in shape? Maybe, think, maybe a bit of I think it was a, a combination both. of everything. Yeah, yeah, like exactly what you were saying. Um, but he calls out Eddie so that uh, Eddie he calls out Eddie Kingston so that he can shake his hand, and Eddie comes out and he gets on the mic and he says, talks about how Jericho was right that he was afraid to win the big one, and the crowds. I think I think they're saying what, but Eddie's getting annoyed and he hushes this it was crowd. Like a couple people. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, he's just. He's just like, hey, like, basically, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, I'm trying to be real here. Um, he talks about almost missing the match and because um, of his demons or whatever. I think um, he gets emotional about when talking about the fan fest and like people, you know, coming up to him and how his story really helped them and and whatnot. But he also brings up to Jericho what it, what's missing in Jericho that made him not want to shake his hand. Um, he talks about how he respected the old Jericho and Jericho proved him wrong that, you know, J- he thinks Jericho is still the man and he's still number one, even though he, d- if it doesn't respect this Jericho, uh, Jericho gets back on the mic. He said, Eddie Kingston, I respect you. He thanks him for giving him one of the best matches of his career. Um, and if Eddie can forget about all the other stuff and just shake his hand, so they end up shaking hands, and 2.0 with Daniel Garcia come out, and they start attacking. And as they're attacking, Santana and Ortiz come out to help, and Jericho has the bat in his hand, and he's about to attack Garcia, who's being held by Santana. But instead, he hits Santana. You know, Sinclair must have gotten to him, guys. <laughs> um <laughs> So 2.0 and Jericho start attacking Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston. Uh, outruns Jake Hager. He's acting like he doesn't know what to do. Um, but then he joins in on the attack. And Jericho slaps and then hits Eddie uh, with the bat. Uh, Eddie Kingston gets powerbombed through the table from the apron. Really high fucking powerbomb from Jake Hager. I mean, if you're already staying on the apron and then lift him up and then you're going all the <laughs> way down to the floor, floor through a table, like Jesus. And he hit like, um, the back of his head. Most yeah, of the it was not a nice landing at all. Um, he was struggling to get him up. Jericho and I think uh, one of the other guys, either the two point guys, had to help. Yeah, him. had to help him steady him. And so Jericho says, "This is the Jericho Appreciation Society." Is their group name? <laughs> it's 
two guys from 2.0, Daniel Garcia, Jake Hager, and Chris Jericho. Yeah, a lot to digest there. Look, Eddie Kingston's awesome. That's all I got out of, like, the first half um, of all of it. We'll have to see. I mean, it's kind of a weird group of people for the Jericho Appreciation Society. That's just my opinion. It is kind of the same thing we said about the inner circle. Yeah, this group, though, this just seems like... Again, we're AEW guys, right? Like, you know... I would say that most of our critiques, like we, I mean, we're fair, but I would say that like we get more excited most of the time about AW stuff, but I still like to think that we're fair and like something's just like, eh, like to me, this is what this felt like, like this group, but the, like Andy maybe was it was saying, the name, the maybe first, the name no, it's just like, like, it's uh... like, again, it's just like, why what's happening? It just feels like they couldn't think of anything else to do. And then Jericho's like, ah, we'll do a new group. Or somebody was. But I I guess to go along with what Andy was saying, the first half of this, the promo that, if you want to call it a promo, or if he was just talking that Eddie Kingston was doing. I never know. Dude, I never know. So good. So good. I was like, this guy is awesome. Not only, I mean, he always has a good banger of a match like he's kind of like Mick Foley where he can work really good it might not be like the prettiest thing you've ever seen it's not like you're watching like you know you know like a Seth or a Shawn Michaels or an AJ Styles but he just does like really solid stuff and what he does is awesome so I love Eddie Kingston I just thought that as soon as Jericho started making the whole segment about himself I was just like, ah. it lost me. But anything any Kingston was involved in was sick. Yeah, I would go on to say like Eddie Kingston might be one of the best promo talkers. Yeah, oh my god, I wanted to say like, that. I, too, I think like, he's better than he might be better than Punk just because how real he is, and like, I love Punk like more than like anybody else. Yeah, yeah. Like, as you're wearing a shirt say, right like, now, he might. He might. <laughs> Eddie Kingston might be the best. Like, when he was talking and he was saying that story, like, I don't know why it's not like him and <laughs> He I was tearing up, man. Everything he says is believable. But then it was, like, hitting me in a weird way, and it's like, I don't even, like, live that dude's story, but it was, like, <laughs> hit me. I'm not saying I was tearing up, but I was, like, it was, like, hitting me in the soul. I was, like, damn, this is heavy. And I was, yeah. like, dude, he, that's when I texted you guys, when I was, like, when it was hitting me, I was like, God, this guy is so good. I literally texted you guys, and I think I said, I was like, this guy is so good. <laughs> <sighs> well, as I say, moving on. Oh, <laughs> right. It, 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 <laughs> no, it was a very good segment, uh, especially the Eddie Kingston parts, but we'll have to see what happens with the Jericho Appreciation Society because now literally that's like your character like is so big-headed. Your character is so big-headed now. Yeah, I I don't hate the group. I was, I'm curious to see what's going to happen. But, yeah, you know the name could could use some work. Yeah. Um. So yeah, after that we had MJF and CM Punk video package from Revolution from their dog collar match. Um. This led into the first official match of the night, which was Dante Martin versus Adam Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. I had no idea this match was coming. Um, I don't know about you guys, but the winner, it was a good match. Uh, I think it, it was 
it was kind of quick though. Um, but Dante Martin, I think, was ranked like number two, and with a AW ranking system, um, I think so. Jeez. I mean, I think beforehand Adam Cole was ranked number one, but yeah, I mean, as far as win streak goes, I don't know. Scorpio Sky could have been too. He's like undefeated or something this <laughs> He's year. He's undefeated I for mean, a whole year. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but the winner was Hangman Adam Page. Uh, Tony Schiavone gets in the ring and. Page gets on the mic, but he tells Dante to get back in the ring, and he gives Dante his respect. But then Adam Cole comes out, and he gets on the mic, and he challenges Page to a six-man tag match, which I believe is for next week. And he hints at his partners uh, being the Young Bucks and um, tells Page to, you know, good luck, find anyone that wants a team with you. Um, and Cole says he won't stop until he hears and new world champion Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, glad they're continuing this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this led into uh, the second match of the night, which was Moxley and Brian Danielson, their first official tag match together. They came out with William Regal, and they versed uh, the Work Horsemen, or at least that's what they're known as on the indies. Ah, the Wake Horsemen. The Wake Horsemen. <laughs> this was the way more competitive than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah I mean, normally they're part than I thought it was going to be. They're part of a group called the Wingmen, which is like four other guys, including uh, Dolph Ziggler's brother, uh, I think Ryan Nemeth. But these two Ryan guys, imp- Ryan Nemeth. Uh, is also yeah. Ryan Ziggler, Nemeth. Ryan Ziggler. Um, Whoa, but on the Jeremy's indies... power just go out. What the hell happened? <laughs> if you're watching uh, on video, Jeremy just Jeremy, went very dark in the room. Jeremy lives in the doik. He's in the um, doik right now. Hey, keep going without so me. It was, it was the workhorseman. Uh, <laughs> afterward, so the winners were Moxley and Danielson. Tony Schiavone gets on the mic. I wish he wasn't walking away for this segment because then William Regal gets on the mic. And uh, Oh, man, dude. I mean, this is great mic work by him. Uh, he ends the talk with Schiavone, though, this by thanking one, him. This one yeah. hit me maybe just as hard as the uh, Eddie Kingston one. Yeah, I mean, you guys might have to fill in some of the details because he did talk a lot. I know the segment apparently ran over, but he ends his talk with Schiavone by thanking him um, for way back in the day, helping him out, and he actually gets emotional during it. But then he gets on the mic by himself without Shivani anymore, and he talks about what brought him to AEW. He uh, talks about what uh, about helping wrestlers and meeting uh, Danielson back in the day, and he calls Danielson the perfect wrestler. He says he's exactly everything that William wanted to be in a wrestler. Then he talks about Moxley for a little bit, and he talks about their match and uh, coming out during the pay-per-view at the end of it. And he said that this team is a perfect combination of a team of wrestlers, and he issues a warning to everyone that steps in the ring with them. I'll I'll pass it over to you, Tim, because this was, I mean, it was a very good segment. Freaking Regal talking like he's only got a couple years left. I don't know what's going on with him medically. Yeah, I mean, but... the... The way he was talking was super heavy, man. Like, it just had, like, a very serious tone to it. He had tears in his eyes. He thanked Tony Schiavone for when he came to the United States for helping him in some sort of way. He didn't really elaborate. He just kind of had tears in his eyes and welled up a little bit about it. 
Uh, he, yeah, he said that Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson is the perfect wrestler and that, you know, he's the first guy in the gym, last one out. He'd stay with him all night. For like eight hours, he said, yeah. And dude, like, I got to say, like, you know, I like, obviously I never became like a wrestler or you know, that wasn't my path, but. I always thought in my head, like, that's the type of stuff that, like, somebody who loves wrestling does. And, like, when I heard that, I was like, man, like, I've read his book, too. But I feel like uh, Daniel Bryan, sorry, Bryan Danielson is everything that he, you know, he just loves professional wrestling. It's so genuine, and you can tell. And the fact that William Regal, who's one of the most respected people ever in wrestling says that confidently with tears in his eyes, it just makes you be like, Whoa, this is like super serious. And then, you know, it's funny. His... I mean, he's been done. He's been having some of his best work in AW. I've ever seen Daniel, gave, uh, Brian Danielson. He gave Brian Danielson the most props. And then he yeah. said, a weird kind of like thing to John Moxley where he was just, it was like one sentence and he was just, and I'm just keeping it real, but he was like, yeah, no, oh, man, we basically was like raised to hell together and got under each other. I was like, this is, and that's all he said. He went on and on about Brian Danielson. He said like one sentence yeah. about John Moxley. I don't think he worked as intimately with Moxley, but, I mean, obviously, Moxley was in NXT for a little bit, or it was probably Florida Championship Wrestling at that time. Yeah. Well, um, if you're watching on video, you guys can see that the lights have come back on in Jeremy's house. I think he's still dealing with some stuff. So, Andy, what do you say we just move on to the next segment here? That's fine. Well, he's sitting down. I want well, yeah, I mean, if he, once he puts his headphones on, maybe we can ask him what his thoughts are. Hey, there he is. Hey. So, right. thoughts Andy on the William wanted, Regal Andy, segment. Yeah, Andy wanted to get your quick thoughts on the, the Regal segment. Oh, Regals. I thought that was great. I mean, Regal's promo, like, it's been so long since I heard him actually talk. And so, other than, like, an NXT, uh, when he's, like, announcing a match or comes down for something real quick, but this was, like, a genuine promo, and I was like, it's almost kind of like Eddie Kingston ish, where it was like a real, but it was also storyline. And I felt like it was more. It was like ninety five percent real, if anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really good, and you know, it it was his inaugural promo, but in probably one of the reasons why it went over time limit wise. Um, yeah, but also but yeah, I'm no. like, if you do promos like that, I'm like, go as long as you want. I could, I yeah, could listen yeah. to it I and mean, talk for yeah. thirty minutes. <laughs> Take your time, man. It's all good. <laughs> and it was kind of funny. I don't even saw that people said there was like health scares for him or those reports. And then he yeah, that's, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, I mean, he was talking about he's yeah. like, I don't have many bunch of years left. I was like, God damn, dude. Yeah, yeah, but he actually tweeted out and he was like, those reports are from like years ago, so he's fine okay. now apparently. All right, well, don't scare us like that. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> So after that, we had uh, the Dark Order backstage. Hangman comes up, and he apologizes for Sunday during his match. I guess I missed that part of the match. Did he tell them to basically go away? Did John Silver come out during his match yeah, with he, Cole? he pushed him. Like, he wasn't looking, and he just pushed whoever was holding him off of him. Gotcha. Then, yeah. So Johnny Hungy offers help for the six-man tag, but Paige says that he's already asked. He bumped in Luchasaurus. Well, he called Luchasaurus Dino. 
uh, first of all, but I guess that's just a nickname. Uh, a so nickname. He, he bumped into Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy backstage, and they already accepted it. So that's going to be his partner. So we're looking at, um, well, we haven't found out yet. We'll get into it a little bit more. We haven't found out yet who Adam Cole was picked. <laughs> um, so then we had a match. It was Wheeler Yuta versus Pac. 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 Uh, the winner was Pac. Adrian um, this Neville. L- Adrian Neville, yes. <laughs> um, this led I to... I forgot a- that was his first name, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> This led to a backstage segment with Adam Cole, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks. Um, arguing ensues between the two groups, and the Bucks um, say no to teaming. They said if it, anything that involves Adam Page, they don't want anything to do with pretty much. And Cole says he wasn't going to pick them anyway, and he picks Dra- Red Dragon instead. But he clearly was going to pick the Young Bucks. At, that's what he was hinting at the entire time. So that's what we were talking about, Jeremy, is that he ended up picking Red Dragon, but that's only because the Bucks, who he had hinted at, uh, said no. Yeah, um, yeah that, that was kind of funny. He was like, they're young, and I'm like, okay, well, the young Bucks. And then still the uh, Red Dragon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, afterwards, we had... Like, F- I was most definitely clearly talking about Red Dragon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, okay. He's like, they know how to party. I'm like, all right. Um, so... Then we had FTR backstage. They're talking about uh, they need to do what's right for their family or something like that. And Tully comes in and he says it should be about the championships, uh, not about family. And I think one of the guys from FTR goes, he messes up and he goes, it's not about family. It's about family. But in the end, uh, they fired Tully. This how they did this I don't know I didn't like this at all because it was like a 30 second segment backstage yeah like could have been an like, in ring right. segment like yeah. could have been a big deal but no they fired Tully and then just camera cuts like alright no yeah. I wish no they would have like fired him in the ring and then maybe had a replacement or just like gone ahead because then it's yeah. like you know either there's a surprise there or they then just move on but it's just this was like what happened yeah exactly and so I mean, if they don't address it anymore, like that was kind yeah. of a waste. But right, yeah. Um, all right, here's here coming up is my favorite part of the night, guys. It was the AHFO had an emergency meeting, <laughs> and Matt Hardy wants to start fresh and make amends with the rest of the members of AHFO. Um, I think I said that wrong the first time I said the emergency meeting. I think I said a. Edge. I don't know. I don't know what they fucking said. I'm sick of reading, I'm sick of reading you know, acronyms. All right. Uh, Andrade, they randomly just say Andrade wants to fire Matt. We never knew that Andrade wanted to fire Matt, but it's like, all right. And Andrade says, what happened to your suit? And Matt says something along the lines of, he's an asshole whenever he puts on his suit. So he wants to take a vote, a vote when it comes to voting him out. And he says, you know, private party's not going to vote him out. So he puts his thumb um, up to keep him in. Andrade puts his down to keep uh, or to kick Matt out. And Private Party puts theirs up. But then they slowly turn it behind his back. And Andrade says, you know, something along the lines of, you better watch your back at all times. So then all of AHFO attack Matt. Don't know why Butcher and Blade 
couldn't uh, vote in this, but uh, their buddy well, Jose or whatever. Oh, okay. But then why does Und- why did Andrade's like one buddy like he he's on the vo- I don't I have no idea the storyline yeah. makes no sense. So Matt's getting his ass whooped by everyone. Uh, Sting and Darby come out to help. And Which then, why did they come down to help if they just fought Matt the night uh, on Sunday? Because <laughs> they don't stand for injustice. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the number gets the numbers <laughs> justice. But the numbers game is too much for Sting, Darby, and Matt Hardy. And then you hear the song "Loaded," which is the classic WWE Hardy's theme song, which WWE did not own the rights to. I think Spike TV actually owned it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, and Jeff comes running out, but he can't just book it out there. He has to do his dance really quick on the ramp as he's running. But the crowd went crazy. I was super excited. I think you guys were too, based on the yeah. group chat. Um, he goes in there. He takes out. Uh, I think he takes out the butcher first, and then he takes out the blade. Or no, he takes out the blade, then he takes out butcher. Yeah. Butcher's the bigger one, right? Butcher's yeah. the guy from Every Time I Die, the band, which isn't <laughs> a band anymore, I guess. But takes him out, um, and then. I don't know if he ever touches Andrade, but he ends up getting uh, doing a swanton bomb off the top rope onto uh, the blade. And he looked like he crushed the blade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, he, dude, he even, st- yeah, he even stood up and, like, grabbed his lower back, like, fuck. <laughs> I'm sure and, the blade was feeling it more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've heard in the past, you know, they call Jeff Hardy, like, the heaviest, like, 225-pound guy, like, that there is. Because he... He doesn't he, roll he, anymore. Yeah, he used to. Uh, well, yeah, he used to roll out of it, and that would like hurt his back, which I think he actually did this time. But now he usually just like flops. Yeah. It's just dead weight coming down <laughs> on you, man. And so he gets up. Him and Matt uh, hug. You know, Matt. I couldn't tell if he was actually emotional or not, but he seemed like. Yeah, he seemed like it was. And uh, so and they're the standing memes. across the. And the memes that have been coming out of that whole thing of staying yeah. being across from Jeff Hardy have been so oh dark. And then oh. it's just a faded picture of Jeff looking yeah. at the camera, crazy so from uh, from that infamous that impact. Victory or whatever it is, or Victory Road. Victory, Victory Road, Road pay per view. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad, dude. And people are um, like making jokes like, "Oh, there's Darby with his two dads and his uncle." God, dude. <laughs> Um, but they're staring across from each other. I think, you know, something's going to happen with these two teams. I'm looking forward to it. Maybe Jeff can finally get some redemption to sting after that. Um, but yes, I was super excited. The rumors had been going around for a long time. I mean, I think everyone expected, but you believe, you don't believe it till you actually see it. And, um, yeah. So I was super excited about that. That was an awesome moment. And also when it's like his music hit and the crowd popped, I was like, no, I know everyone knows so coming, excited. but yeah. yeah. His hair got long. I mean, three months has gone by, but his hair was long as shit now. <laughs> um, so after that, we had Shane Swerve Strickland backstage uh, talking about his debut match that is coming up on Rampage, but he doesn't have an opponent yet. And Tony Nese walks up, and he wants to be Swerve's first opponent. Uh, they used to wrestle, I think, on 205 Live a bunch before... 
um, Swerve was on NXT like full time, and Swerve saying like he'll kick his ass again, just like he usually did on those Friday nights after SmackDown. Yeah. Whose house is it, Tim? Um. Exactly. Who the hell is that guy? <laughs> God. Oh my God. All right. Well, now moving on to a very good segment of the night. Wardlow is in the ring with Tony Schiavone. Like I said, Tony Schiavone sure. was everywhere. He was everywhere tonight. Um, look, overall, he basically was saying he was done with MJF, but that that was pretty much the summary of it. You know, he, he was he knows MJF's a bad guy, but he stuck around. Maybe it was for the money. Maybe it's for I don't know. But he's he's tired of it. He's finally free. Um, yeah, guys, who knew Wardlow could talk? Because if you guys haven't seen this promo, not you, oh, Jeremy, and Tim, but the people, anyone listening, like, if you have not seen this promo yet, I, I mean, Wardlow never gets the chance to talk at all ever before. Um, yeah, it was it was, was, uh, it was not disgusting, I will say. <laughs> no. <not> disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, and it was a, like a lengthy that's one. An, that's a Parks and that's a Parks and Rec line. If anybody uh, <laughs> listening catches that, but no, I was very surprised. I'm excited to see what Wardlow does on his own now. I think he, you know, when he first came in, I don't think many people knew who he was unless you watched like AAA. I think he was there before too, but yeah. um, he's actually grown into a future star, I believe. And I think the time was right to finally break him away from MJF. Yeah, it was great timing. And he has his TNT shot next week. Yes, against, well, we'll find out who against later. Um, yeah, you know, we always talk about how stacked the AEW's, you know, roster is, but the the undercard of the guys that are naturally getting over, you know, like Wardlow. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of those guys where there's a groundswell where people just like them because they like them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe people, maybe people started to like Wardlow more and more because they fucking hem- hated MJF. <laughs> I just I mean, I think... kill Sean Spears. Oh, I mean, not that's literally. dude. You know he's gonna go through the pinnacle one not by one, literally. And hopefully he'll give him the power bomb of symphony, um, just over and over again. That'd be great. <laughs> So after that, we had a backstage segment. It was Keith Lee and QT Marshall. Marshall, I never know what to say. Uh, QT said that he's got Keith Lee's back because uh, Keith Lee also has a problem with people on Team Taz. Keith Lee says, well, my back's pretty big. I think I got it myself. <laughs> says something along those lines. And also, who doesn't have a problem with Team Taz? Yeah. They're on like five different feuds right now. Um, so I think on Rampage coming up did Keith Lee did this lead to a match with Keith Lee and QT uh, he did he have had a match a... on Rampage Keith Lee okay. did do we remember remember if it was QT I feel like it was either way if that's the yeah, case yeah, th- was. this was yeah, the point was. of that this was the point of that interview it was yeah uh, afterwards we had Jurassic Express Jurassic Express versus the acclaimed acclaimed <laughs> The acclaim has arrived, and then he like, <laughs> do I like the acclaim? Part, and then like they're like, "Who wants a scissor?" <laughs> God, dude, 
Um, so yeah, uh, it, from what I remember, yeah, it was a good match. Nothing crazy, but good solid tag team match. I mean, um, they claimed I'm loving them every time they're out there, like more and more. Yeah, like, I don't want to boo them. And even their raps, I'm like fucking killing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so after that, we had Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling backstage. This led into a match. Um, Layla Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa. for the. It was an AEW women's title eliminator match. Winner is Thunder Rosa. And she was granted, well, she was to- told by Tony Schiavone. Um, he tells her that it's going to be a steel cage match. And that's at, what's it, what's it called next week? St. Patrick's Day Slam. Yeah. Is the name of the show. Usually they call it Slam or whatever. Like yeah. They call it like a New Year's Slam too, I think, or something like that. So I think, you know, people got involved in, in Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker's match at Revolution. Yeah. Um, maybe she had to lose to lead to something like this to now, you know, people can't get involved. She can't escape her. Maybe Thunder Rosa actually comes out on top now. I mean, I'm kind of hoping. Yeah. Um. So we'll just we'll have to see. But, um. That's probably, I mean, I would assume it'd be the main event of the show next week. If yeah, it's a cage match, I would think so. That was a TNT title, but, yeah. well, I guess one can start the show and one can end it or something. True. Um, I mean, Jesus, to open up with a steel cage match. I mean, that's I one. Know. <laughs> um, I mean, that's one way to draw ratings if you want this. Yeah. So this led into right away Britt Baker backstage talking about the match for next week. And then we got to our main event, which was Sammy Guevara versus Scorpio Sky for the TNT Championship. I did not expect and... a lot out of this at all. No. Now Tim has sat back down. So Tim. Oh, he has Sorry. So Tim, <laughs> you're fine. So we're just starting the main event, which was Sammy Guevara versus Scorpio Sky for the TNT Championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the match was a lot better. Then I thought it would be. I mean, I don't know why I think that. I yeah. I just don't like Scorpio Sky. I yeah. think he's great. He's good as a wrestler, but it's like he's he's boring. He's, I kind of feel it. Uh, promo why I don't know. I don't like the that's, men of the year. They very they do their job of making me hate him. Yeah, that's very similar to how I feel. I mean, in the beginning, I liked him. I thought, oh, this guy could be. A good baby face. Oh, when he was part of a SoCal Uncensored? Yeah, you know, like, I was like, okay, I can, maybe he'll get, like, that ricochet kind of baby face vibe. Um, well, he did, he won Ali. the face of the revolution, like, he was a baby face for a long time. Yeah, he kind of, yeah. he kind of has that, like, and look, this is, like, no disrespect, but, like, he kind of has that mid-card charm, as I like to say, like, um... Yeah, like a Dolph or, you know, just somebody who is solid and the kids like him and they go out and put on a good match. But, yeah, he kind of just, like, really doesn't do it much for me. He's a good hand. No, I can't. I hate saying that. I hate saying that. I know. He just Uh, is boring. If that's that's more mean, then I'll say that. Like, he's, he's just boring. There's nothing there. He kind of well, seems like if you're like when you're playing like a wrestling video game and you create a character, it's like he's default he's character. Like one. He's like default character too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so in this match, what Sammy goes? There's a crazy spot. Sammy and I think we reposted it, I believe, on our Instagram. But Sammy goes for six thirty off the top rope, 
onto Scorpio Sky, who's laying on table down below, and Scorpio Sky moves. Man, Sammy just there's Miles. no give, just crushed, just yeah, got re- absolutely I, destroyed. I reposted this clip on our Instagram. Holy that's shit! What, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, you know, Sammy needs to chill with some of these spots because <laughs> just taking time off your career, man. Yeah, as what much did he as do I like Revolution, him. he did like uh, what's it called? The flip. He like uh, I forget what it's called off the top rope, but he did it like off of the stage into it. Was it the six thirty again? No, it was like one of those like he holds them up and then they both flip off of the. Oh, the Spanish Fly. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, Paige Van Zant gets involved in this match, and she well, not in the match itself, but she attacks Ty Conti, who I think everyone knows by now is dating Sammy Guevara. Conti's on the outside. Because of this, Sammy gets distracted. Um, Scorpio Sky does his finisher, which I think is called the TKO. And your winner and new TNT champion, which I did not see coming, was Scorpio Sky. Um, Afterwards, Sammy and Ty get attacked. And Paige Van Zandt signs uh, her AW contract. And they leave Ty Conti laying on top of Sammy. Um, my question is one, do they take the title off of Sammy so that you have a baby face versus a heel for next week, which is Scorpio Sky versus Wardlow? Wardlow's now, I would consider a baby face. You know, he's liked by people. And two, does this also set up Sammy and Ty to do mixed tag matches with, say, Paige Van Zant and, I don't know, Ethan Page or Scorpio Sky in general? Me personally, I don't want to see that. And I know we're talking out of our normal order here. I know normally Jeremy talks before me, but I just, I got to get that out. Like, I'm very passionate about this. I am. I don't want to see, I don't want to see Sammy do that. I don't want to see him do the thing that like Edge and the Miz do where like you tag with your significant other for a while. I don't know. It's just like, come on. Sammy Guevara is great. He, He could. Not saying that that's like a step down from him. I'm sure he'd be excited to work with his lady. I'm just talking about like there's something there. Like don't sidetrack with this. Like keep going with what you got. Because yeah, I feel awesome like he has there. momentum and right. it's just gonna like plateau. Yeah, but usually what happens when they do the mixed tag matches? It's like it it's doesn't, do doesn't it seem them, like because they can't think of anything else? That's what yeah. it seems like to me. They can't think of anything else. So that's what they do. Yeah. But for the other point, I I think Scorpio Sky will probably hold on to the TNG title next week, just because I feel like MJF's going to come out and cost Wardlow the match. bingo. <laughs> he cost Wardlow his title match, just like Wardlow costs MJF's match against Punk, and yeah. then you get a singles program with MJF and Wardlow. Yeah, which we can't we wait for need. that one. I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait. Which, if they do it that way, it makes sense. I'm all right with that. Whatever. Yeah. If you know, if it's Tony Khan that has been doing this drawn out booking of the Wardlow MJF thing, if he's had it in his the back of his mind that this is where he wants it to lead, which we've kind of been vibing and thinking that's where it's it's the longest the story ever. It's the longest really story good. told throughout AEW yeah. from the beginning. I think they started like with a little bit of friction. Only a couple months in. Yeah. Wardlow to me has been one of the most improved. Well, he was, dude. He was good in that cage match against Cody. If you go back and watch that, like he was, he's kind of a then. pillar as well. 
Yeah. If you want to talk yeah, about like the pillar. He's kind of a pillar. He's like the sleeper pillar in a weird way. And I don't and I'm only saying this because of the um I'm trying to think of the right word. The uh, gosh. I don't, I don't don't even think of the I can't even think of the right way to say it, but just like the way he's so passionate and so ferocious reminds me of Goldberg in the way that like he feels like 10 times more talented, right? (laughs) Way more talented as like a worker. No, no, no. But like, hear me out. I'm just saying like the ferocity and like his domination. And I think the fans are really latching onto him and it's been very natural. Like it's been slow. It's been probably what, two years of a natural kind of thing where Every week he's a little bit more annoyed and he's more fed up with MJF shit, MJF shit. And like now we're here and I'm like, man, I only think this is like the tip of the iceberg for this guy. Like, I think there's like, I think two years we're looking back on this guy and he's doing way more. Oh yeah. I think yeah. I, I, I agree. Um, but that wrapped up dynamite. Um, let's get into SmackDown this week. SmackDown yeah, a lot opened of stuff up happened on this show, man. Yeah. Um SmackDown opened up with so last Saturday. Um well, I mean it would have been the Saturday before we recorded um for last week, but we didn't cover it because no one could see it. There was a show at MSG. It was a big show. Like every champion was there. And Brock Lesnar ended up having or was supposed to have a match with Austin Theory. I don't think it ever happened. Because uh, Roman Reigns and the Usos come down, they attack Brock. Brock tries to fight back for a little bit, but is overtaken. Uh, Roman, uh, I forget it. Does he power bomb him onto the steel steps? I don't remember. I think he th- does. Yeah, or just Superman punches him, and that's where Brock falls. But yeah, basically, you know. Roman went after Brock um, at this Madison Square Garden show and beat the shit out of him. So, show SmackDown this week opened up with a Brock segment. He said, you done changed the rules, Roman. <laughs> he said, you don't draw first blood on Brock Lesnar and live to tell about it. And uh, he says he doesn't care about WrestleMania contracts. He said, I don't care about WWE titles. And then he chucks his title out the ring. He said, I want your blood, Roman. And then Paul Heyman comes out. Uh, he tells him that Roman's not there tonight. Um, Paul's going on to, you know, just keeps talking. Uh, Brock tells him, he says, Paul, shut up. And eventually he says, if Roman isn't here, who's going to protect you? And Heyman starts booking it to the back and Brock books it after him. And they run all the way into the parking garage and Heyman hops on, uh, or hops in the car and speeds off. One, Brock Lesnar's fast as fuck. Or that's one thing I I noticed after watching the two D was so fast, um, but yeah, they're you know they're still building this. Uh, Brock came out there, you know, pissed for the attack on MS, at MSG, and uh, I thought it was a really entertaining segment. You know, I love it when they open up with say it every week. I'm like, love it when you open up with Brock. It's a great yeah, opener. It's sets the, the tone. Sets the tone for the rest of the show. It's never something I thought match. I would say. It's like give Brock the mic, but. He's been Dude, awesome. If you asked me years ago, I'd be like, get him off of TV. <laughs> yeah. I'm sick no. of him being around and being champion. Yeah. 
And same like thing it. with Roman. Same thing with Roman. Me and Tim yeah. would always just be like, enough with these two. Like, yeah. But and not I'm this like, time. It's, it's the best. It's one yeah. of the best things going it's on. It's weird, right? Like, like normally by now, if it was Cena or even maybe like The Rock back then or jbl or somebody who was in the title picture forever i'd be like oh my god please just do something else i'm not i'm like weirdly not sick of it it's just like more stuff like i'm like maybe it's because you know everything else is not great so you're like all right this is the best they got so might as well lean (laughs) into it but at the same time i don't know i think i genuinely enjoy it i was looking at my detolf behind me and i'm going to Quick thing about the Scott Hall thing. Actually, there's four Scott Hall figures in this glass detolf behind me. Uh, one Razor Ramon, one early NWO, and then two like Wolfpack era. But what I'm getting at here is, uh, man, I think I brought it up a couple weeks ago. I need Cowboy Brock for my modern day shelf. Like him with the hat and the flannel. Like I'm looking at it right now and I got the Roman with the gold glove and I'm like, man. You just need that cowboy Brock right there. Yeah. Like yeah, it just would fit so perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, do you even have space anymore? Anymore in there? I got I got space for like one more on that shelf, and I'm not using it unless it's for cowboy Brock. <laughs> so right, Mattel, right. give me that elite ultimate whatever you want to do, <laughs> cowboy Brock. Let's go. All right, so the next thing I want to talk about on this show, and mm, makes me mad, guys. Pete Dunn has gotten his main roster call up. And my he's boy! Team- what have he's they teaming- done to my boy? <laughs> they, they've teamed him up with Seamus and Ridge Holland, and they changed his name. God his name damn it. is one word. Butch. B-U-T-C-H. Why? Butch. Why would you do this? Why? They change yeah. everyone's name all the time when they come up. And you know why? Because Vince doesn't watch the other shows. If you just change their names when they first came, come to WWE and Vince was happy with it and you made it that entire time, fine. Do it. But when you have them for years and years in WWE as one name and then you change right. it. Like when Piper Niven was Dewdrop, or they changed Walter to Gunter, and then you have fucking yeah, God, that's the thing. Dude. They they changed Walter to Gunter, so I'm like, why am I surprised that they changed Pete Dunn to Butch? But it's <laughs> yeah. just literally that that I can't remember what mafia movie that it is. But he's what he's like, my boy. What have they done to my boy? <laughs> dude, that's how I felt. You know, this remind this. Makes me think of like I don't ever see the bit on BTE where like uh, Johnny Hungy is joking with Adam Cole, like calling him uh, Budge. Budge. Yeah, like where he, yeah. yeah, where he was gonna like. It's all about the because... Budge. Yeah, <laughs> he's like called him that. I'm, I feel like that was, because like, they wanted to happened. change Adam Cole's name when he came yeah. up when he or when he was thinking about getting you know brought up. Yeah, maybe they were gonna call him Butch Adam Cole. Oh my god! Did he cut his hair or was it just hidden under the hat? Who? Pete oh, Pete Dunn. I think yeah, it was him under the hat. Yeah, he had it in one of those Sorry, the hats that like. Who's were... Pete Dunn? I only know Butch. <laughs> yeah, because now their group all wear the same hats. Yeah, God. Or maybe Seamus wears that fedora. 
Ridge Holland and Butch have have uh, matching hats now. This, this cool. led though right into a tag team match of Big E versus uh, Big E teaming with Kofi and Kingston versus Ridge Holland and Sheamus. And at one point, and Butch is on the outside, guys. And at one point, Ridge Holland and Big E are on the outside, and uh, Ridge Holland goes for a belly to belly suplex, and poor Big E lands directly on his head. Biggie got fucked up. Yeah. All right. Uh, there's no I mean, way dude, he might. That. He. I mean, we'll get into it, but like, not just messed up, dude. He. He might. He might be done. Like, so this forever. is what I'm reading right now. Um. So he has a C1 fracture, which you have a cervical spine, your thoracic spine, and your lumbar, and the C1 is the very top of your spine. And the C1 fracture is the most dangerous as the top cervical vertebrae is a ring and is commonly associated with immediate death or complete paralysis. Thankfully, the fracture was not displaced and he will not need surgery. However, this type of fracture often heals incompletely and it may mean the end of his wrestling career. His C6 fracture, his C6 fracture is likely a compression injury to the vertebral body and usually it just takes rest a minimum of like three months and return to full function activities for, you know, that kind of injury. It's the C1 that's the problem. That's so crazy how fast that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, there's people out there that don't watch and still think, yeah, it's fake or whatever. But what they do, I mean, you get fucking hurt, guys. Yeah. And it was a belly Biggie to belly is young. suplex. Biggie's young. Um you know, I don't know if you blame Ridge Holland or not. It was a big guy tossing another big dude. Yeah. And, you know, you see Big E try to tuck his head in as much as possible, but he couldn't tuck his body in enough and he landed on his on his uh on his head. It's really sad. I you know, I hope I hope his career isn't over because he had many more years um left in a in a wrestling career. I mean Yeah. I mean, I'm looking up right now. He is 36 years old. I mean, yeah, he had he had a, at least two more young. contract signings. Yeah. Um. So, you know, wish him the best. But uh, yeah, dude, it's, really it's so it, it, it's so crazy. I mean, and and the only way I can like relate to it is just trying to think like, you know, because I I cut hair. So if like I'm and he's only five years older than me, so it's like weird. Like I just think like if. I got hurt and somebody was like, okay, you can't do your job anymore. Like how scary that would be. I, but he's so talented and so charismatic and such a great, like, he's, like I think nice he could person. help in the performance center. Yeah. Worst like case scenario with like promo like work good, and like getting your character yeah. development or like a like, good, like company ambassador or ambassador and like do like make a wish. Oh my like, God. I yeah. Feel, I feel like, like he, if his in-ring career, knock on wood, is, you know, I don't want it to be over, but, but if it is, like, I feel like he has so much more to offer. He's so talented. Yeah. He's awesome. I, I completely agree. So, just have to wait and see, but it was a very scary spot. I mean, I think they had to change the finish because of it. You hate to see um, it, though. Like, me and Andy, it's weird. When we were little, we would watch these, like, you know, crazy Attitude Era ladder matches and... You know, we just be like, oh, that's awesome, you know? And it's like, I don't know if it's because we're older and we relate that, like, like if you can't work, like, 
you don't make money, right? So like things like hit like a lot harder, and like if you got kids and stuff, especially. So anytime, especially they're like considered like, independent contractors. So if they're screwed, like yeah. So like they're anytime kind of screwed. I see something with the neck, like especially nowadays, I'm just like, oh my god! It like sends every no time Jericho goes it, for the line, so I get so terrified, dude. It scares me so bad. It's just like you don't want to see anybody have this happen and like this is just one of those things where he wasn't even doing anything crazy they were on the outside he was doing a belly-to-belly suplex he didn't get i don't know if he didn't give enough extension or he jumped too vertical i don't know what happened but he came straight down on his head and it just seemed like a freak weird accident it's just yeah it happened i watched the video like 10 times and i couldn't even figure out like where they went wrong and what happened he just didn't fully go all the way over i don't know how to describe it how the fuck did this happen to him and not madcap moss over in saudi arabia madcap moss was fine he finished yeah. he landed straight on his like well, even more we, on his head well not that yeah it's not that you want it to happen to madcap moss it's just visually no but it's like cap, i'm yeah visually yeah visually the madcap one looked more devastating but it, it's just like weird you just hit the right spot and like boom. same with Lance Archer, that moonsault that he did, and he landed directly on his head. Yeah, yeah. So we you know wish Biggie the best. Uh, yeah, hopefully Biggie. he recovers. Best um, of Biggie, man. So the Usos are out in the ring later. Um, they need opponents for WrestleMania. Out comes Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, they challenge him to, re- to WrestleMania for the SmackDown um, titles. And uh, Jimmy Uso says that if Boogs can beat main event Jey Uso in a match, then they'll give him the, the match at Mania. Well, Rick Boogs won, and it's going to be Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs versus the Usos at WrestleMania. Um, one thing I forgot to add, look at my notes that I didn't, um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but, um, Austin Theory came out this week and Pat McAfee beat the shit out of him. He hopped over the table and he took it to Austin Theory this time, uh, to where they had to get separated, but, uh, it was fun. Nice little beat down, you know, because Theory came out and smacked the yeah, Theory came out, smacked the headset off of Pat McAfee again. He just was not having it this time, and uh, yeah. you know he, like throw, he was throwing him around outside the ring, and yeah, and Cole yeah it was, was entertaining. Like, Don't do this. Come on, Pat. Not like this. Like, yeah, and then they had to. They made Pat McAfee leave the building for the rest of the night, so it was yeah. just Cole on commentary afterwards. <laughs> um, but the show, I believe, ended with, um. Stone Cold Steve Austin post uh, made a video. He's driving one of his ATVs or something on his property, and it stops. And uh, he accepts Kevin Owens' challenge, said that Kevin Owens has awoken up something in him that he thought was buried for years. And he said, I don't know why he did it. It's either two reasons. Uh, I think he said one of the reasons is you are one dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I forget what the other one was, but, you know, dude, Austin was back in full character. It was it was cool to see. Yeah. He's like he's like whether it's a match, a fight, um, interview. He's just like you know, he's ready for it. 
he's like, why would you do that, Kevin? Why would you insult Texas? He's like, you're one dumb, dumb son of a bitch. Um, he, I love, has, if anybody hasn't seen it, another thing similar to this, nothing ever came of it, but it was for WWE 13, and him and CM Punk did a face-off promo where JR is the moderator in between the two of them while they're talking. And he was great in that, too. Like, he put 100%, like, like it was really going to be a match. And the the tension was real. So he, Stone Cold is freaking awesome, man. Like, Did you both see that. this video that he posted? Oh, I watched it. Yeah, I watched yeah, it. Yeah. I've actually watched it, yeah. like, back, more than once. Back in full character, dude. Yeah, Whatever he does, awesome. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Um, but that wrapped up SmackDown. I just wanted to mention two things from Rampage. Um, I believe it was the opening match. It was Darby Allen versus Mark Quinn from Private Party. Um, want to talk less about the match, but more that came afterwards. The winner was Darby Allen, and afterwards, I'm gonna call it the A A A F O for now on. Without so Andrade family office, no more Hardy in there. They come out. And they look like they're gonna do something. But then the Hardy's boys, Hardy Boys music hits, and out come Jeff and Matt in full gear. It was so weird to see them, you know, full gear that music on AEW television. So but yeah, I loved it. They didn't. Nothing happened. You know, there was no altercation. But they came out to basically being like, "Hey, we got their backs. If you're going to do anything, I'm um, still weird gear. I'm still weirdly old school. Where to me, like, I don't know if it's other people think it's weird, but when I hear like iconic music from the other show on this show like even when cm punk came out i was like this or christian's music from tna i was like this is wild brian danielson's uh fly the valkyries yeah or when mickey james came out at the royal rumble they played the hardcore country song so it's like yeah when they do that it's just that to me that forbidden forbidden door stuff like that's the stuff where I'm like, this is so wild. Like, you know, just to see it yeah. actually happening. Yeah, it was um, cool. I, I noticed on the Titan Tron, though, it just says the Hardys. So I don't know if WWE has the Hardy Boys trademark. Yeah, and the video the looks like it was made on like Microsoft Paint in like 1998. It's like, a <laughs> well, they have like, no, like, they have manager. no clips together that they can yeah. use that aren't like it's part like, of WWE. That's how Jeff Hardy. So it's literally, video it was like it was TNA literally was Jeff too. like this. It was like Jeff like this, like from a photo shoot, and then and it's like, like some like, green Hardy, lights. Jeff Hardy. Yeah, so maybe they can add to it later. But I'm excited. I'm excited for all the possibilities with those two. Yeah, it's gonna um, be awesome. Lastly was the main event of the show, which um, I only bring up because it was his debut match. No, Tim probably won't care, but it was Swerve Strickland versus Tony Nese. It was Swerve's uh, debut match in in AEW, and the winner. Well, was look, was I'm just Swerve. keeping it real. Swerve Strickland's going to be my new guy to just mess with because let's be let's face it. Now that Wardlow's going to go do like something actually important, Sean Spears is going to phase out. So I'm not going to have anybody to just be a hater on. Dude, so, Swerve has a lot of personality. Yeah, so he's, actually, he's not like, hey, who knows? Boring. Maybe he changes my mind and I'm like, I like this guy. I just think it was funny that he came out and I was like, I consider myself somebody who knows a lot about wrestling. And I just was like, who the fuck is this guy? I don't think you were watching NXT all the time as much yeah. towards the no, very end before it switched. In case listeners don't know, over the pandemic, I... I couldn't do the no crowd thing. Like it 
weirdly ruined. You knew what was going on. Yeah, like, I kept knew, up with you the would, you would hear, but, but like it would it would like weirdly hurt. Not, like it made wrestling like weirdly depressing to see like no crowd yeah. there. So I was only watching old stuff for a while until crowds came back. So I remember anytime we joke where I'm like, who is this guy? It's probably normally from the pandemic era, and I have no idea who they are. Yeah, there's very few matches you watched. I think like you watched like uh like uh Walter versus uh Dragonov. Like there was very few matches that you would pick and yeah, choose. Yeah, and like... I, I watched some AEW, but like what would kill me is like, you know, I try to get into the match and then they would pan over to the quote unquote crowd like they would normally and it'd be like Billy Gunn cheering in the front row. <laughs> I'd be like, All right, this is just like taking me out of the whole thing, you know what I mean? I remember but, that first SmackDown back. You actually watched on TV. I texted you. Were like, you. I this was is like, you were like, oh, "This is amazing." You're like, "This is what I needed. This is amazing." Yeah, I was like, so, "Oh, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one who felt that way." Yeah. Is there anything yeah. else today that you wanted to go over? Mm, nope, that covers everything this week. It was a big week. I mean, this is going to be a little longer episode than we normally put out, guys. But there was a lot yeah. that went on. And and just one more time, we wanted to you know send our thoughts, prayers positive vibes out to scott hall um i know and biggie sh- yeah and biggie man like i really hope biggie i really hope that his career is not over and if it is you know i'm sure that he's still going to be involved in some way um i just wanted to say about the social media stuff just real quick because i know i kind of like blow it off in the beginning of the show like it's not important because i'm not gonna i'm gonna be fully transparent and i like being fully transparent with the listeners I don't want to come off as like desperate as like, oh, please go like our page and stuff. However, when you guys do like, subscribe, and leave reviews, it actually does really help us out a lot. Um, so for social media stuff at Insta- for or at Instagram, for Instagram and Twitter, it's at the PW fan. Uh, giving us a follow or just anything, it it really goes a long way. And, you know, especially now with the way that algorithms and social media work uh, on Spotify, leaving reviews and Apple Podcasts leaving reviews helps us get more eyes on the product on the homepage. And uh, I'm still very much down to do whoever leaves us the best iTunes review uh, or Apple Podcast review. We will send you a free shirt. All you got to do is tell us what size you would like. And we will make it happen and send it to you. And the only other thing I want to say is, you know, grassroots style. Tell your friends. If you got a friend who likes wrestling and you enjoy the show and you wake up and you drink your coffee and you listen to us and you hang out. If you got a buddy that likes wrestling, be like, hey, I listen to these three guys talk about wrestling on uh, Mondays and or their show comes out on Mondays. And that, that would mean so much to us. Uh, and really, guys, that's that's it for the rest of the week. We will be back next week, and I appreciate you all so much from uh, Andy, Jeremy, and myself. Have a great week, and we will see you next time on the PW Fan.